The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show. I'm telling you, we are in a snowstorm here in Pittsburgh. But you know what? That fits. That fits with our guest today. Oh, yes, it does. I'm going to tell you before we start, this woman is a superstar. She, You maybe saw her recently on the Today Show uh, for the celebration of the Americans with Disabilities Act. She's a really renowned speaker and author and very famous athlete. I want to say, though, she is an inspiration to me. She really has it going on. Welcome to the show, Bonnie St. John. Thank you, Joyce. So you have uh, snow in my honor for skiing. That's right. That's what I meant, yes. <laughs> because, Bonnie, you're an author, you're an inspirational speaker, and by the way, I mean inspirational, dynamic speaker. But in 1984, listen, everyone, are you listening? You are in three Olympic medals as a ski racer. Now, how is that possible for an amputee from San Diego to become a world-class snow skier? And I can assure you I'm not anywhere near your level. So, Bonnie, how did that happen? (laughs) It's a crazy story, Joyce. You know, you think coming from San Diego, you don't have a lot of snow to train. Being an amputee, I grew up, you know, I, I had my leg amputated when I was five, so I grew up you know, not being able to participate in PE, not being able to do team sports, you know, not, not being thought of as an athlete. Also, I'm, I'm black, I'm African-American, and there were no African-Americans in ski racing, you know, when I was growing up. But one of the hardest obstacles wasn't any of those things. It was that my family didn't have any money, and it's an expensive sport. You know, it wasn't something that my family went off to the mountains and, and did. So, so that was really challenging. So having to overcome all of those obstacles and start to train and lift weights and, and compete when I'd never been allowed to compete before and to, to leave my home and go live in Vermont or Lake Tahoe or on a glacier in Oregon. And then I waited tables. I, I wrote letters for sponsors. You know, I, I had to do all kinds of things to try to get the money to do it as well. So was it was a big... It was a, a you know a lot of overcoming obstacles. It was definitely a course in learning how to never give up and stay positive. Well, Bonnie, we are also live on Facebook and Twitter. So here is your first question from Candy in Kansas. Uh, Bonnie, congratulations on all the great things you have done. Why skiing? <laughs> When I started, I hadn't, I, disabled sports wasn't what it was today, what it is today. And uh, skiing was the first sport I heard of that amputees competed against. And I found out I could, I could race against other amputees and I could try to make the U.S. team. I didn't hear about running sports or, or, any, or volleyball or any of the other sports. Um, when I finally made it to the Olympics and competed in, in the Paralympics in Innsbruck, Austria, it was only the third time they had ever even held a Paralympics. So, um, so it was the early stages, and I, I just—it was the first opportunity that I really got, and I went for it. And I want to take this opportunity to mention that this year, Paralyzed Veterans Wheelchair Games will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are so excited about Yay. that. Yes, we are. We are so excited about that. Um, but Bonnie, this just shows that when people tell people with disabilities that they cannot, we know they can. You're a great example. Any young people listening to the show today, listen to what she's saying. Because she made it happen, and it wasn't because she came from a wealthy family that had all this special training. It was the opposite. 
So, you know, that's a good lesson to be learned. Joyce, um, here's, here, just to give you an idea, here's just one story out of many stories of what happened. But um, I had been training in, the, in uh, Southern California and going up to the mountains and working uh, afternoons after school to get the money and everything, and it was so hard. I rode away to this school in Vermont, Burke Mountain Academy, and said, if I could go to your high school, I could ski every day, I could have coaches, you know, I could really be a champion. And I tried to raise the money. They ended up giving me a full scholarship. I show up on the first day of school, and I had to scrape together the money just to fly to Vermont and get there on the first day of school. And I fell off a skateboard and broke my leg. Oh. And so I'm on crutches. And when you're on crutches with an artificial leg, you know, there's nothing oh. real touching the ground, right? <laughs> so, so I'm struggling with that. I'm still trying to lift weights. I can't run with the other kids. You know, I'm trying to stay in shape and, you know, do my classes. I was still fundraising. You know, I was spending some of the time they were training in the, in the offices fundraising. So I'm doing all this. Six weeks later, I get out of the cast. And then I'm, I try to go out on the soccer field, and my artificial leg breaks in half. I get oh. from the strain of being on the other one. So we look around, not a lot of places to get a leg repaired in Vermont. So we decide the best thing to do is to send it back to Los Angeles where it was made. It got lost in the mail for three weeks. Someone crutches on the other leg for three weeks. It was crazy. It was, it was really a crazy time. But you persevered. You don't give up. That's right. You don't give up. Doesn't that say it all? I never you forgot. Don't give up. I never forgot that this being in Vermont at Burke Mountain Academy was my chance to be a champion. And I wasn't going to give it up. I thought that maybe the headmaster would throw me out and say, you know, you don't have a leg left to stand on. <laughs> um, I, you know, I thought my mother would say, oh, you're, you're killing my kid out there. Send her back. I thought some adult would stop me. But nobody did, so I wasn't going to be the one who stopped me. Well, you know, Blonnie is not only uh, known for winning these Olympic medals, but and known as being a speaker, but she is an author, and I just want to tell you a little story about that. You know, many years ago, my husband bought me this book. He said, I just know you would love this book called Why Women Pray. Mm-hmm. How, strong, how Strong Women Pray. How Strong Women Pray. And whenever I got this book, I'm telling you, I didn't connect this until I met Bonnie. Isn't that strange, though, that he got me that? What a great book that is, by the way. That is Thank a you so much. tremendous such, book. Such an, honor to get, such an honor to get to write it. It was 27 different women, Maya Angelou, um, Edie Falco, um, Kathy Lee Giffords, Kathy Ireland, all talking about how prayer has affected their life and given them strength and what they've learned, how their prayer has changed over time. And it was, I felt so honored that everybody was willing to talk to me about it. And then I share my own story, my own journey of, of um, growth and uh, redemption. <laughs> well, let me ask you, if anyone's listening to the show and they want to purchase that book, how do they get that book? Well, you can certainly go on my website, bonniestjohn.com, and, and uh, How Strong Women Pray, plus my more recent book, Live Your Joy, is there. And, uh, and they're available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, any, anywhere. All right. Well, speaking the, of new book, you have a new book out. Live, Live Your, Your Joy, Joy is the yes. most recent one. And since just while we were talking about prayer, if you go on my website and you go to the shop part where you can buy the books, on the page where you would buy the book Live Your Joy, there's also downloadable free a prayer guide that goes with the book. So if you're interested in that, too, you can get that free prayer guide. And there's another link that gives you free extra tips on putting more joy into your life and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of freebies on the site. Well, let me ask you, in your opinion, what's the difference between feeling happy, being successful, and living your joy? That is such a great question because I learned so much in writing about joy. I think feeling happy generally is what people, when they get it from the outside, you know, you watch a good movie and you feel happy or, you know, you go out to a beautiful dinner and you feel happy. But joy is, is more coming from the inside, is that, it's, uh, you know, it wells up inside and flows out. You know, with joy, you can be the source of it and you can actually bring joy to other people. And you also talk about success, and I think... Um, one of the really important things I learned writing the book was about positive thinking. 
and I'm, I'm a positive thinker. I know you're a positive thinker, Joyce. Probably most people listening to this are positive thinkers because they're always feeding themselves, and we set goals, and we see a better future, and we work towards it. But what I realized was it's not the same thing as joy. You can, you can think positively and be working towards your goals every day and still not have joy in your life because positive thinking is more about the future and joy is about right now. And so joy is a matter of stopping in your tracks and feeling joy right now. So you can, you can feel happy, you can, you can be positive and think about your success and enjoy your success, but joy is, is stopping and feeling good right now. And how would you dir- differentiate that from being happy? Well, what I said earlier is happiness is, the way I define it, is something that comes from the outside. So, I mean, you could say you feel happy when you sit still and you feel joy. So you you could use the words interchangeably if you want to, but I just wanted to make a distinction between being happy because things come from the outside, which I think too many people are a victim of that. They feel like, well, I'm not happy or I'm not joyful because something happened or because I don't have a job or because I'm too fat or because I'm disabled, you know. And joy, the way, the way I define it, is something that comes from the inside. So, Bonnie, what I see, if I can explain it even more about being happy, is that happy can be based on an event. For example, your football team wins the Super Bowl or your child does something great at school or, or you, buy a you new go pair to a party shoes. and have a good time yeah you buy a new pair of shoes or a dress you feel yeah. good but see that's temporary it's not non-stop when it's based it's on also, something like that it also can be somewhat out of your control right that's a very good way to explain it that's excellent because joy is all the time no matter what you're going through well, it's always I, I don't. I don't know that I always have joy. I don't because I'm not perfect. You know, <laughs> I have bad days. You know, you know that was one of the first things I said in the book. Is you know, let's make this clear. I didn't just figure out the secret sauce and I'm joy, joy, joy all day long. You know, um, but it is a choice, and that's the most important thing that people should take away from this: is that you can choose to have more joy in your life. You can choose to be a more joyful person every day. Is it perfect every minute? Maybe it is for you, Joyce. Is it for you? <laughs> no. Bonnie St. John. We'll be right back with her. Don't go away. You're listening to Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 and ask our all-star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com there's a course offered on seventh wave network that you never saw offered in college one that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Rumberg from the TV show Heroes. 
One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. You know what? We have been talking about joy, having joy, you know, um, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever your faith is, whichever version you read, you know that joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what I was thinking of, uh, Bonnie, when we were talking about this. So, you, you know, your book really fits. But I did want to ask you, although we can have joy, you know, like when I have a seizure or when things happen, you're not really on top of the world. I mean, things do happen. So, in your opinion, what are the most common roadblocks? You know, I, I was thinking a lot about this, and I think one of the most important things we need to be able to overcome the roadblocks against joy is confidence, because there's so much in the world to make us feel negative. You know, all you have to do is read the newspaper or listen to the news, and you can be so depressed. Um, and, you know, friends will try to, you know, even your friends will say negative things. You, you have a big goal and you they oh, you can't really do that and, oh, you shouldn't even try. And there's so many things to bring you down. And as a person with a disability also, a lot of people can look at me and either think I'm odd or, you know, if you're out dating as a person with a disability, uh, I've had people, you know, tell me, oh, I, I don't, you know, I don't like that. So there's so much negativity in the world. To me, confidence is that skill, that strength, that ability to pull yourself back up and to look at it a different way and to say, I'm going to be positive about this. Even though all of these, you know, all of these people are telling me to be negative, even though there's a lot of reasons why I could feel down about my appearance because I'm disabled or, or uh, I've had a lot of rejections when I'm applying for a job and I'm disabled and I think, you know, that that's why. To, to have the strength to feel positive about your situation despite everything. That, that's what I define as confidence. Yeah. And you do offer tips for that in your book. I do. There's a whole chapter on, on confidence, and I talk about confidence as a muscle, that it's something you have to build. Just like you mm. go in the gym to get stronger, you have to practice having confidence. And so... You know, if there's something little that, that you don't like to do, like uh, going out to a restaurant by yourself or going to a movie by yourself, pushing yourself just to do that anyway um, gets you to start building that strength. Um, so for some people, it's, it's trying something bigger, speaking in public, or I met somebody who said she was going to take flying lessons to fly a plane. So whatever it is that pushes you a little past your comfort zone can help you build your confidence muscle. That's your to-do list. Well, that's, um, no, the to-do list uh, is something else that I talked about. As I realized, one of the, the obstacles for me in being joyful is just that I get busy. And I think a lot of us have this. You can wake up in the morning and you have so many things to do on your to-do list. I was just um, coaching somebody who said she has 100 things on her to-do list every day. You get so busy, you get to the end of the day, you're exhausted, and you realize you haven't really felt anything all day. You've just been go, 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 go. So I realized I'm, I'm a slave to my to-do list. If I would put to-feel items, to feel something on my to-do list, that would help me stop and feel joy during the day. So I could put items on my um, to-do list like feel sunshine or feel appreciative of some of the things in my life or to stop and think about people that I love or people who love me and to just feel, stop and just actually feel that feeling of love. Oh, that's really good. Okay, then you would have two to-do lists. You would have that to-do list and a list of things you want to do. 
Well, or, uh, what, feel- what I mean by that is I'm afraid to go out to a restaurant by myself. You know those examples oh, that so you're you saying, gave? Yes, you can have your you're pushing the boundaries to-do list. That's right. And you can put to-feel items on your regular to-do list as well. Yes. So, um, but I think, I think with the to-feel items, it's important to, to actually put it on your calendar. You know, in your busy day, if you run your life by your, your, your calendar on Outlook or, or wherever it is on your BlackBerry, put it on there. You know, put on during the day to stop and feel something good. You know, and it's interesting, uh, Joyce, I, I, I learned this too while I was writing the book. We talked about the things you can experience from the outside that give you joy, like buying a new pair of shoes or having your team win in a game or um, watching your kid in a play or something like that. The funny part is about when you take control of your joy, you, by, if you stop, if you have that moment on your schedule when you're going to feel joy, you can think about any of those things that happen and experience the joy again. So you can think about the new pair of shoes you bought. You can think about your child being in a play and you get almost as much joy as you did the first time. But you have to actually stop and stand still and take the time to do it. If you're just rushing through your day, you don't get that jolt of joy. Well, you know, that is so true. But I've got to tell you something, Bonnie. I have a teacher. When, when I talk to young people with disabilities, she has this saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And she often talks to them about how people at school can have a negative impact on you and that you have to be careful. <clears throat> so I wanted to ask you, there are people who would help you live your joy, certainly more than others, but what do you do whenever there are people that seem to steal joy from everyone, everyone around them? Then what? Well, it's, it's good to avoid people who... Um, who, who are joy stealers. And uh, Patricia Fripp once said, it doesn't matter who puts poison in your coffee. If your friend puts poison in your coffee, it's still going to kill you versus your enemy putting poison in your coffee. So, mm. you know, if, if you have quote-unquote friends who are around you feeding you a lot of negativity, it's still bad for you. And so it's important to, um, you know, you can, you can talk to those friends and say, you know, I, could you be more positive, you know, and, and, and make a decision about taking steps. But there's still people in your life who are going to be joy stealers that you, some of them you can't get rid of or you, you can't help them change. And it could be a coworker, It could be your boss. And that's a really difficult thing, I think, to deal with is when you have somebody in your life that is very, very negative and, and you can't get rid of them. Um, in those cases... I guess one of the things I tell people is to, to balance it out, to make sure you have enough other people. So there's some people you may not be able to choose how much time you spend with, but you can choose the rest of the people. So balance it out. Make sure the other people in your life are very, very positive in order to balance out this other person. If it's your boss or your coworker, I guess I would say start creating a plan for your future to move somewhere else that's going to be more positive. Don't just be resigned to staying there forever because – you know, years and years of that kind of negativity is going to take a toll on your performance. You know, you're not going to have the best career you can have if somebody's pouring negativity in your ear all the time. And so I would say you might not be able to get that person to have less influence on your life immediately, but start looking down the road. Maybe in a year or two you can change the situation. Well, you know, I'm really glad you said that because um, to all the young people with disabilities listening, I have many young people, Bonnie, who are so brutally bullied at school that some of them have attempted suicide, which we call bully-side. And frequently I will say to them, if, like they'll say to me, I have friends that make fun of me. And I'll tell them, well, yeah, that's not your friend. And that example you gave about, you know, no matter who puts the poison in your coffee is going to kill you. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you gave that example because that just helps confirm it's not good to be around people who are constantly negative. No, it's it's not. It it erodes your your psyche, your confidence, your health even, uh, because it's so stressful that it it actually affects our immune system. Um, It's it's not good. 
you know, it's funny. I was, I was sitting with some other Rhodes Scholars. I was a Rhodes Scholar. I studied in England, and I was talking with some other Rhodes Scholars, and there were some very... Di- it was a wonderful thing to get the Rhodes Scholarship and to study at Oxford, but um, Americans are not necessarily the most favorite people at Oxford. <laughs> mm-hmm. We would get picked on for being Americans, and... Uh, it's not the most women-friendly place, and it's certainly not the most African-American friendly place. And so I, I was there for four years, and when I came back uh, here, I was amazed. You know, it took me a while to really regain my confidence and to feel as good about myself as I had before I went over there, because there was, you know, there was a lot of negativity about being an American and a woman and a black. Wow. Wow, that is something. Well, hey, we have a question for you from a Matthew in North Dakota. And the question is, um, Bonnie, it's clear that you just must have had an incredible support system from how you are so accomplished. What would you suggest if you have a son with a significant disability who is so low on self-esteem it's hard to make a difference? Wow. Um, it's funny, the first part of the question he was saying, I must have had a really good support system. And, and the answer to that is yes and no. You know, I had a single mom who worked all the time, and uh, she didn't come from a, a, a very strong background either. And so she, she uh, gave me support, and she said, go follow your dreams. But she really wasn't, she wasn't able to give me a lot of support in a lot of ways. I had a lot of support from the disabled community, from Disabled Sports USA, uh, Kirk Bauer and, and uh, those folks, and a lot of support from the National Brotherhood of Skiers, the National Black Skiers. Um, so I did, I did find support in other places too, but I didn't have a lot of family support. Um, what do you do with somebody whose self-esteem is so low? I wonder, I, you know, I don't know the whole situation, so I'm afraid to say anything, but I wonder, is there a way to put that person, put your son in a position that he can help other people? Mm. So if he can be around people that are worse <clears throat> off than he is and actually be in a position of, of helping and making a difference for other people, and maybe that means going to a third-world country, maybe that means helping other people with more severe disabilities, but um, but but. Low self-esteem in some ways is self-centeredness. Mm. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, that is. Uh, And I want to say, though, I think you gave an outstanding example. I always tell people the best way to feel better is to give back. You know, when you do volunteer work, it's amazing how that changes your perspective. And, and you realize somebody else is worse off than you, and, and you have value that you can, you can, you have something you can give that other people need that makes them better off. How true that is. Um, and Bonnie, before we go any further, I have not a question, but a comment here from someone that you know, and that person works in the federal government for the Department of Agriculture, Ms. Carmen Jones wanted me to read to you how highly she thinks of you and what a great inspiration you are to everyone. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, Carmen. Thank you so much. I miss you and hope to get to see you again soon, Carmen, in D.C. Yeah, she specifically asked me to tell you that, so I told her I would make sure that I did tell you that on the radio show. There's another great person. Isn't that the truth? Carmen Jones. Oh, yes. She has done so much in the disability community. She's a real a real fighter, um, which brings up the point, too, that I know you and I are both passionate about um, doing more in the future for people with disabilities of color, people who are African-American and uh, Hispanic and Asian and um, that having that double sense of uh, discrimination can be so challenging. And Carmen also is African-American, and I know she's interested in that subject too. Yes, because just so you all know this, folks, many of my employees are African-American, many of them. 
And I do not put out a sign, hey, you know, if you're African-American, apply. And that's why it's so disturbing to me when companies say, we cannot find minorities. What do you mean? I mean, there are so many people of color with disabilities that it's unbelievable. And those people, just as Bonnie mentioned, if they're male, have double jeopardy. If they're female, triple jeopardy, because we know that the discrimination is already out there. So, you know, I would just encourage you to realize that we need to stop judging and instead help people more. And I do feel very strongly about that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, uh, Bonnie. And, you know, Carmen is a great friend of mine also. Um, what do you think about that, friendship? How, how does that contribute to a life of joy? And actually, how has that helped you? Well, I put uh, there's another chapter in Live Your Joy on friendship as well. And um, at, uh, personal disclosure, I was abused as a child. I was sexually abused as a child for years, for, from the age of two to the age of seven by my stepfather. And one of the... the legacies of that is that I wasn't very good at connecting with other people. You know, it can wound you in a lot of different ways, but I wasn't very good at making real, genuine friendships and uh, feeling safe with my feelings. So for me, this topic is really big. It was a really hard mountain for me to climb to, to really learn about friendships. And so whereas most people can kind of take it for granted and, oh, yeah, I have friends, for me it was something... I had to really work for, and so I really understand the value of friendships, and that, and I know what life is like without it. <laughs> um, so friendships, you know, is it's it's all about joy. It's all about making space and time to feel good. Here's here's a really simple thing you can do with your friends too: is to just ask them to tell you something that brings them joy. And it's amazing if you're, you know, with your, if you're with a few friends or you're with a few coworkers and you just do that, you say, hey, tell me something that has brought you joy recently. They light up, they get warm, you know, they get this warm feeling, they start laughing or start crying and, you know, you get the most wonderful things that come out. And again, it's that making space for joy. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but you seldom have to say to people, hey, could you complain to me about something? <laughs> people do that. We do that all the time. But to actually ask people to tell you something that gives them joy gives them permission. It makes space to do that, and it's it's so transformative. So friendship, you know, can be that space where we where we share joy, where we feel joy, where we uh, re-energize each other around our joy, and uh, and to not have that is is to just make everything about work or chores or tasks. Well, I'm going to tell you what. You are absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you really are a treasure to this country. No, and if thank you're you, listening Joy. to the show, this woman, wow. I mean, what more could she conquer? I don't know, but knowing her, there will be more she will conquer. We're going to be right back after the break with superstar, author, just fabulous person, Olympic medalist. I mean, I don't know what more she can do. Just astonishing. Bonnie St. John will be right back with her. Don't go away. You're listening to Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. 
Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, and I have to say this. If you just joined the show, oh my goodness, this woman... Bonnie St. John, very well-known uh, Olympic medalist, uh, you know, author, speaker, uh, just absolutely beautiful woman. You've got to tell everyone to go back and listen to this show. All you have to do is go to BenderConsult.com or VoiceAmerica.com. These shows are archived. You must tell everyone to go listen to it. You know, I always liked her. I've always looked up to her, but I'm going to tell you people with disabilities, you all better go out there and buy her book <laughs> now. <laughs> live your joy. Because what do we all live, say? Live your, live your joy. Who live your joy. Us. Live your joy actually has some great uh, disability stories in it, too. It has some good stories about being at the Olympics and uh, about people staring at my leg and just, just some funny stories, uh, good, really good, and, and practical stuff, too, that really makes a difference in your life. So, um, so that's buy all it, good. Buy that book. I mean it. You know what? There are 50 million people with disabilities, and there are about 13 to 15 million working age. And we're all saying we need our own culture. We need a leader. Well, here you go. Now, to support our leaders, we got to get behind them. So I'm saying on the air, I, Joyce Bender, I'm endorsing this book. You know I'm the chair of the National Epilepsy Foundation. You know I speak everywhere. And you know when I go speak, I'm going to be talking about this book. So, you know, Bonnie, I personally want to thank you for what you have done for the disability community because you truly are a role model. Thank no you. No doubt about it. Thank but you're you. also a mother. So, I so am, what do you I have do to raise those children of yours to live joyfully what what can you advise parents who are listening to the show today what steps can they take well i'm the parent of a 16 year old girl right now so i'm not sure there's anything i can say because <laughs> teenagers <laughs> are crazy right no but she actually is amazing in terms of her she's really internalized this idea that you are responsible for your own joy and your own happiness and that you have a lot of control over choosing how to do it. And she actually got a note from her cousin in New Zealand saying, you know, you seem so happy. You even seem happy doing your homework. You know, how do you do this? And she wrote him back this, this whole note, which I actually put in my blog, if you can look at archives of my blog on my website. But she wrote it back saying, you can put joy into everything you do. When I have to write an essay, if I don't like the topics, I ask the teacher, can I write on this topic that I'm more interested in instead? You know, find ways to put, to make it more fun for yourself and take ownership of that. And I think, so the advice for other parents is, first of all, you have to try to live this way. If you are living in a way where you're complaining about how all your unhappiness is everyone else's fault, you can't teach your kids to live joyfully. So first you have to get your own house in order. And you have to see yourself as in charge of your joy. And when they see you responding to bad things by finding sources of strength and positivity inside yourself, you know, that, that, that's the most important thing, that they see that. Okay, but now, even if you're doing a good job of that and you're thinking, my kids still aren't, what, what you can do is you ask them questions that make them more responsible. Here's a, here's a little example. So 
they say, one of the parenting books I, I read when I was a kid, uh, when, I, when my daughter was younger, said, if your kid falls down and scrapes her knee, don't <clears> run over and say, oh, oh, you know, let me help you with your knee. Oh, it's bleeding. Oh, oh, you poor thing. You say to your kid, hey, what can we do to make this feel better? What do you want to do? You know, so you, you start out asking the questions to make them responsible. So the same thing with their emotions. You know, something bad happens and you can say to them, how, what can you do to make yourself feel better? I know you're down. What do you want to do to make yourself feel better? Or if you have a, a difficult project to work on with a lot of homework, okay, you're going to spend the next few hours working on that. But what can we do to make it more fun? You know, do you want some good music? Do you want a snack? Or do you want a reward at the end of it? You know, what is it that you can do to make this, make yourself feel better about having to deal with this? So, so giving them a chance to be in the driver's seat rather than us always rushing in and fixing their emotions for them. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Boy, and it helps build independence, doesn't it? And, you know, it's easy not to do it. Uh, again, it's one of the things I'm saying. I wouldn't say that I'm perfect at doing, but, um, but I try. And I, I catch myself, and I try to give her opportunities to take charge of her own emotional state. Well, I think that is very salient advice. I really do. And before we go further, Bonnie, would you mind giving your website again? It's BonnieStJohn.com, so B-O-N-N-I-E-S-T-J-O-H-N.com. And, you know, there's a lot of resources there for people who want to live their joy. There's, um, there, are print out, there are articles and things you can print out. There are videos you can watch. There are audio uh, podcasts you can listen to uh, with myself and with uh, some of my friends and advisors. Uh, there, there's, just, there's a lot of free resources and tips that you can go there. And that's kind of the point of what you do, Joyce, and what I do is to give people the tools to make the choice to have a better life. Well, here's the choice I've made. I'm going to buy some of these books, but you have to autograph them. <laughs> okay, it's a deal, Joyce. And then we have to get together again, which is a good thing. Yes, well, I mean, what a great gift for someone, though. What a great gift for people. I, I mean, this book is just the things you talk about are so great. For example, for young people with disabilities. Well, for anyone, really for anyone. But I know what I've seen people go through, which actually is what I wanted to ask you about. You know, everyone listening to this show knows that I live with epilepsy and that in 1985 I had a terrible seizure. This is before I knew I had epilepsy at a movie theater and hit the floor so hard, I fractured my skull, broke the bones in my right ear, rushed to the hospital and had life-saving brain surgery. And I have to say, you know, when you were talking about do you always have your joy, I wasn't real happy right after that. <laughs> I was not. You know, I'm thinking, why me? Why this happened to me? But as we can see, there's always a plan that ends up happening. Uh, but, you know, these setbacks do happen to you in your life. So when that happens, what do you do to live your joy when something, trauma or something like that has happened, uh, where life has just kicked you, knocked you down, then what? Well, let's, let's talk about sort of more minor setbacks and more major setbacks because, um, you know, medium-sized setbacks happen all the time, right? We have a couple a week, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so we have to deal with that. And one of the really fun things that we came up with after writing, after I wrote Live Your Joy, was the idea of a first aid kit for your emotions. So we, we keep a first aid kit because you know you might get a cut or a bruise or a burn. Well, the same is true as we know we're going to have setbacks for how we feel regularly. So why not have an emotional first aid kit? So what you do is you put together a bag or a box of things that you can use to cheer yourself up. And it could be, I put in a picture of my daughter before she was, you know, when she was four years old, when she was not a teenager. (laughs) And she's so cute, you know. And uh, I put in uh, a note from my mother who passed away a few years, and it it says, cherish yourself. And her handwriting is so beautiful. And when you see that, you know, it just takes me right back. Some people say, oh, I would put in my joy kit my favorite music that really inspires me, or somebody even said a recording of my dog barking, you know, because they love their dog so much, or their children laughing. Um, So the beauty of it is 
what goes in your joy kit is special to you. It's those special things that can help bring you out of a funk or remind you uh, what's important. One woman said at work she puts in the thank you notes from customers. So, you know, when you're having a bad day and, every, and you feel like you can't do anything right and nobody appreciates you, she can whip out those thank you notes and, and read those. So being prepared to combat the ups and downs that are just expected in life and, and having something on hand. I, I think chocolate is an important thing to have on hand, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely would give me joy, that's for sure. You know what? That is a good idea. I like that idea. What would you put in your joy kit? Well, actually, when you were talking about that, I was thinking, um, I think I would put in my joy kit photographs of some of my employees who uh, prior to when they found employment um, and after they found employment. And, and I'll tell you something I actually do use for my, I don't know if you want to call it your joy box, but I have, like right now as I'm speaking to you, I have a frame you know those digital photos, mm-hmm. and they are they keep going one from one to the next, and they are photographs of my employees at different events. You know our picnic, our holiday party, the epilepsy walk, and when I have those setbacks you're talking about, I turn and I look at this, and it reminds me. It reminds me of what this is all about. And I see all these smiling faces. Also, I would have in my joy box uh, memorabilia from Justin Dart and Yoshiko Dart. Mm. Um, because when I see that, it is actually, I have one that I look at all the time that says, lead on no matter what, with photographs of them, you know, on it. And then I think I would have, you know, photographs, as you said, of my family, uh, my friends, maybe, um, maybe. Oh, I would have a line that I always quote from a Christmas Carol, which is, "Mankind is our business." You know, maybe uh, I would have photographs of Yellowstone Park, fly fishing, birds, and some of bird. I could think of a million things. So, if I could think of that many, think how many other people could think of. So, yeah, so that's more for sort of the everyday setbacks we have is that you, and you say you're already drawing on those certain things that you keep around yourself to to remind yourself of what's important. But when you have those major once-in-a-decade kind of slapdowns or once-every-five-year slapdowns, um, that can be more serious. And I, I, when I think of it, I think of, like, times when I was really burnt out after a book tour or um, when my mother died. And for me, at those times, it requires sort of really caring for yourself. So it's, a, it's almost a very physical thing, is that I need to eat right, I need to exercise or do yoga, I need, you know, and it's a slow process. I, it's not like I can come back, you know, 24 hours and go, yes, I'm back to full speed, da 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 da, da. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't work that way. It's a resilience that takes longer and you have to, be careful and gentle with yourself to bring yourself back. And it, it's, it can be very hard because for me, I do, I'm used to bouncing back and I want to bounce back fast and I'm like, well, how come I'm not back yet? <laughs> and then I'm mad about that, you know. So it's, it's kind of a slow, patient tending of yourself, the way you would care for somebody else who was really injured. But to do it for yourself often is, is hard. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, Bonnie, you have already accomplished so much. As I just said, it's unbelievable, all the things you've done. But if you had to list one thing, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Oh, that's so hard. Um, I love my daughter, but I don't like to think of her as an accomplishment. She's not my accomplishment. You know, she's her own person. So if you weigh sort of, oh, being a mom against winning an Olympic medal, to me that's apples and oranges. It's just like being a mom feels like something I participate in. It's more of a team sport, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, and I don't know. It's so challenging. I, and I guess I would have to say the thing I find the most rewarding is, you know, I won the Olympic medals, 
But now I use them to go out and inspire other people to say, you know, if a one-legged black girl from San Diego with no money can become an Olympic ski medalist and start my own business and write books and stay positive, you know, despite being sexually abused as a child and everything else I went through, if I can get over it and move on, you can too. And so in a way it's using all of those accomplishments to remind other people of who we are, you know, that we as the human race, we are incredible creations. We have so much going for us and that to be limited by these earthly things is not who we were meant to be. And so if I, my greatest accomplishment is when I get a letter from somebody saying, you know, you made me think that I could do it. You made me think that I could try again on the LSATs or I could work at my relationship and get closer to my husband or, you know, any of those things. And I get those kind of letters. So that feels like my greatest accomplishment. Well, what an accomplishment that is. Well, Bonnie, first of all, I want to thank you for being on the show. I know how busy you are and how many demands you have, but it was an honor to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. And it's an honor to be here. Um, I, do we have a minute? I haven't told you about the next book that I'm working on. Go right ahead. The, uh, the next book I'm working on with my teenage daughter, and we're going around the country and even around the world interviewing women leaders, and, and not just interviewing them, but sort of following and watching them in their lives. And we've been to Hollywood to talk to the head of a movie studio. We went to England to talk to a woman who develops global leaders, Hillary Clinton, Condoleezza Rice, uh, the president of Liberia, um, amazing women. So uh, that book will be coming out next year, but uh, just uh, really inspiring also to see what women are doing to change the world. Well, we'll have to have you back on so we can talk about your book. I would love to do that. I would that love is to do great, that. though. When, when would that be out, Bonnie? It's going to be out about a year from now. Okay. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Well, Bonnie, if you had to leave a message with our listeners today, what would it be? Just to say that it's, it's up to you. It's really your choice that if, if I can overcome the things I've over, overcome and, and stayed positive and kept on finding new dreams and climbing new mountains, you can too. And really to recognize that no matter how bad things seem, you have a choice to make your life better and to make other people's lives better. Wow. Well, that is so true, isn't it? It's a choice. Well, you know, folks, we end every show with a quote from a civil rights leader or a leader in America or the world who is making a difference. So you know it has to be Bonnie St. John today. And that quote is, live your joy. Live your joy. Wow. Live your joy. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We will see you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.